You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. All right. I'm going to hit start broadcast. Oh, right. Okay. Shit's getting real. It's getting real. (laughs) Bad Boys 2. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what this is. All right, we're we're live. Hello, hello. We are live. We yes, are live. All right, this um, is uh, EMG Radio episode number thirty-three. I think. Yeah. I'm gonna have to keep <laughs> one headphone off. I can't hear Michael. <laughs> so, what's the agenda tonight, then, chaps? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first off, I'm Randy, but if anybody listens to the podcast, they they know who I am. And yeah, know who you are. tell me about you guys. Who are you guys? T- talk. Okay, Introduce I am Michael. Um, I'm, you may know me as Glass. You probably don't. But um, yeah, I write music as Glass. That's who I am. I am British, obviously. And uh, yeah, that's who I am. And over to you. Uh, I'm Simon, and you may recognize me by... A series of incoherent phrases that are meant to sound like Venny Yatapi. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm very similar to Michael. I'm British. I, I live... <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, it's going swimmingly. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm sorry, I messed up your intro there, but yeah, you, you cracked me <laughs> up on that. Yeah, I butcher that title constantly. It, it's It's not meant to make sense in any Anyway, it's not actually meant to mean anything. What does Benny attacking mean? Nothing. It, yeah, literally. Literally nothing. I didn't That's want fantastic. it to mean anything. I, cool. I know that sounds really no, no, up my own arse. And, oh, no, are we, no, no, are no, we allowed no. to swear on this, by the way? Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. That's fine. <laughs> All right. In that case, I'd just like to say fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it, it does sound really up its own arse a tiny bit, but it's just I didn't want it to mean anything. And that was it. Everything else I came up with seemed to be connected to something and... It yeah, well, gave an implication I didn't want. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, yeah. There's the three of us. We're just kind of gonna do the live free for all type episode. Um, hopefully, we can get more people in here a little bit later. If not, oh well, they're missing out. They are missing Indeed. out. That's damn true. We've already uh, put on Facebook for a few of them to join us and. Uh, Hoping we get a few more in. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, come on, people. If you're listening right now, which you're probably not, um, come on down. Come enjoy what is EMG Radio Live. Yeah. History. Yeah. <laughs> I, I doubt, I, if they're not on here, I doubt they're listening. But if they are, I posted a link in the group 
that should take you to like an invite page or something. If not, message me. But I think I can see it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who else is scheduled to join? Anyone? Well, um, Brian Atticus uh, is supposed. Oh, yeah. He's supposed to join up later. I'm not sure what he's doing right now. Um, Daniel was on for a moment before you guys got on, but he was having trouble with his internet. Um, and then James is not going to be on. He's at a birthday party, but uh, he had joined for a moment, so I got to see like what was going on uh, around his ah. way. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm Like you guys have seen the comments, Onslaught 6... I'm surprised he's not on because that dude oh, likes to I talk. He would, you know. He's, oh, yeah. he's really good as well, like a guy. You know, he's he's like he just he, he just goes on and on, on. He's got stuff to say, which is something we need, <laughs> which is something we need yeah. on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a bit different to the way we broadcasted. I, mean, I don't know if you want to talk about the process you use, Randall. Oh yeah, I don't care. Um, sure. Yeah, because that that I'd find interesting. Because obviously, when I've listened to the podcast. I've not really been listening live because of various reasons, mm-hmm. but I always hear it and then I hear the music. I always wondered, you know, do you play it live when you're recording this, or do you edit in afterwards? Well, I've done it. I've done it many different ways, including this time is a totally different setup than I've ever used. Um, but in the past, when I've done live shows, I would I used to just I had this program that I could play um, that would basically it was like a virtual webcam that I would route up to uh, Hangouts, and that way I could play audio files through this, like, virtual webcam, and that's how I used to play music. Um, During the regular episodes, the non-live episodes, uh, anymore, I would just cut the music in, cut cut it in later, we'd just talk, and then I'd cut the tracks in later to kind of cut down on recording time. Mm. Um, Yeah. I used to play them live, even on the recorded shows, but yeah, like I said, it, you know, this this episode, like, I've actually got a mixer going on in here, which made the setup a lot, surprisingly a lot easier and a lot quicker, even though there's like, yeah. a whole lot more cords and equipment to deal with. We saw that, yeah. So. But... But I do not have it rigged to play any music right now. I mean, I could rig... I could wire some music into it pretty quick but I figured we'd just kind of we'd just chill yeah. yeah that's fair enough I mean what we've got set up here is just um, it's my uh, recording thing the H2 that I've got Zoom H2 I've just okay. got that and then a splitter and I think that's pretty much what we used when we played live last time wasn't it it was pretty much yeah Yeah, we, we had um, uh, Michael pulling my headphone socket out <laughs> at the moment um <laughs> Whoops. By accident. I'll just be right back. Ah, right. Um, he's just going to be right back, he says. Um, taking half the room with him. Uh, yeah. Want, want... <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Do you want me to get some more wine? Uh, yeah, leave it for now. Leave it for now. Yes. Um, I mean, we also used... Uh, <laughs> and as I said, we're not actually drinking loads. But, um, yeah, we used QCart, um, I think it's called, the program. And... Yeah, cue card, and then I just set up everything in that to um, play when I hit a key or a MIDI device. Oh, nice! So that, you know, we did our own um, intros and outros for things, which I think is a bit hit and miss with our show. Really, it's uh, trying something out and seeing what happened. 
don't really know. Um, With uh, yeah, you guys did the episode, the EMG Radio UK episode, and mm. that was good. The only issue I was having was the main issue was levels between you two. Uh, yeah, one of you guys was like I could hear one of you guys, and then the other guy was real low. Um, yeah, um, I mean, it's a similar setup, like I say, to what we have now, but there were a few. I think we've managed to refine it a bit more in terms of levels. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you and can... at the moment, well, we've got a fan on in here at the moment, and I can't really tell if you can hear that. Oh, huh. Um, so there's a bit of an improvement there. It's at the moment the it's really humid in the UK. We've had a lot of thunderstorms. Oh yeah, um, yeah, getting a lot of uh, bad weather. So it, yeah, late nights, humid weather. Got a fan on. Not exactly ideal for recording, but uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Michael has returned. Hello, he's returned. Yes, and how are you doing? No, you guys, and maybe it's just. Like I've got, I've got the your guys' audio coming through just on one side of my headphones because the setup's still not totally perfect. But um, I'm not getting like any of the fan sound or anything like that coming through. Oh, no. that's alright. And I am, oh. I am recording this. Um, it's going out live on YouTube. And in the past, when I've done those, I've just we've ran the the hangout and then I'll rip the sound off YouTube later. But this time, I'm recording it into um, my portable recorder. Um, so I'll be able to refine the sound a bit later, too. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Right. We could try and make an Inception thing here where we could uh, get the YouTube one and plug it back into this. Michael is uh, doing something right now. I'm not I'm sure. sharing the link. Ah, right. He's getting other people to listen. Oh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I threw the link out. It's a huge, a huge ramble. <laughs> um, Spread it around. Yeah, indeed. I don't know. I mean, have you got any subjects you want to talk about, guys? Who? Me? Any of um, us. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about... Um, well, is anyone else here? Or is it just us? It's, it's just us so far. Oh, right. This is Randall, you're, a, you're a smoker, right? I am a smoker. Yeah, cool. What do you smoke? I smoke because they're, uh, they're cheap. I'm smoking pyramids yep. right now. Pyramids. We don't. Oh, we don't get those. I am. Um, are you a normal smoker or a mental smoker? Normal. Ah, uh, see, I'm a mental guy. I've gone through period. Like there was a there was a, a several years where I'd switched over to menthol, and then yeah. I switched back. I think I think a lot of U.S. people will probably be like, "Oh, pyramids. They're a, it's a pretty cheap brand." But a couple of years ago, like. I guess it's been almost five years ago, I guess. There was a huge spike in taxes on these things. And all, right. all the cigarettes, the prices almost doubled. So I think I was smoking maybe camels at the time. So I switched to pyramids. Because um, oh. they're like the most normal of the cheap, normal fl- tasting of the cheap cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people are very interested in this. Uh... Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm completely abstract from this. Of course, he is, because Simon is a good person. <laughs> yeah, no, but I don't know. I mean, it almost feels like it's it's kind of nice to know there's a fellow smoker because it almost like you know, so to speak, we're we're dropping like flies. 
Well, we are in a way. I mean, I, I understand the risks and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I mean, it's... I don't know. There's nothing like lighting up a cigarette to me. Just, just <laughs> lighting up a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> just tasting that goodness. And every listener who smokes just lit up. <laughs> anyway, back yeah. to music. Yeah, music. <laughs> music. Yes. Oh, yeah, electronic music. music. Um, uh, Go on, Simon. Oh God, Give us um, that well, was the best I could pull out. Come on. Well, I know. Um, <laughs> in the UK at the moment, um, somebody I went to college with is now currently number one in the charts. Really? really? Mm. Who's that? Uh, that one we were looking at before on the news. Uh, somebody called Rixton. I have oh. no idea who they are. Okay, no, that's amazing. And what I'd like to talk about as a result of that is the meaningless pop charts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm down. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's kind of like your top brands of products, you know, like Coke, Pepsi, and so on. They're just there in the background. It, they're always going to be the top of things. And it's the same with everyone who's in the top. It's going to be Lady Gaga. Um, I'm showing my ignorance now. Who else? <laughs> singer? Um, that dude. Ronan Keating. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know who it is. Um, no, that, 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 that guy, what's, his, what's Pit, he called? Pitbull? No, 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 no. Um, the dude, the dude who's like... Um, Millions of people listening to this and going, who's the dude? The dude, the... Um, dude. Oh, man. That I, guy. I wish millions of people were oh, listening uh, to this. Avicii. Avicii. Avicii, right. yeah, that guy. Yeah. I, I've got less problems with Avicii. Yeah? The, the one I... I don't like that one where he's like wake me up all the way through it. I don't know if you really get that there, Randall. Uh-huh. His kind of music. I don't know. It's the name doesn't sound familiar to me. But I'm also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's if it's very popular music, I'm also not very keyed into that. So. No, I mean it's the same with me. I work with quite a lot of people that are, and when I go on about music, I find that they're completely just removed from what I'm talking about. And they're, they're wanting to hear about, like I said, Lady Gaga or Katy Perry, and it's it's, it's like I'm saying with all these brands that are. Yes, I know. Sorry, Michael's handing me a note. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, it, it's like all these brands that are just far too. It's a good thing you can't see what he's doing right now. Um, I, w- I really want to know what the note is. I mean, obviously, the point of the note is so that we don't know. But I really want to know. <laughs> um, it's nothing interesting. It, it involves more wine. Um, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> we haven't actually drunk that much. We've drunk one glass. Well, I've had a few before, but, you know, we didn't know. <laughs> Come on. Let's leave it for now. We're probably going to get moved very shortly. So yeah. we'll oh. Yes, like I said. Okay. Well, um, we can't leave Randall on his own. No. Well, no. <laughs> Um, I, if you guys have to, if you guys have to, that's fine. I, I can, I can, uh, I can deal with it. If you guys have to move, what will you talk about? Uh, what will you talk about if you're alone? Uh, I'll, I'll find something. Probably myself. <laughs> no. Um, no, yeah, the pop, like the pop culture, the pop music thing is like, I just don't understand how but that's since it is pop music it's the popular music um it is most people are 
are into that, but I just don't understand the, like, the mentality of you're just like, all of a sudden it's on the radio. You're told this is the hot thing. And then, and, and, yeah. and you just yeah. buy it. You're just like, yeah, okay. I'm into this. Like without, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't get that. Like I'm, I'm into what I like. I find stuff I like and I listen to it and it's not just, you know, yeah. whatever. Well, I always think it just comes down to the fact that there are people in the world who have a kind of understanding of music and then, you know, a, a deeper understanding of music, sorry, where it's like, um, like you or I, where we kind of appreciate music for a certain set of reasons. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people who music is kind of an extension of socialness. And it's kind of like, you know, well, I enjoy this kind of music because this is easy to listen to and everyone likes it. Have you seen the and David Firth animation? Sorry, just to interrupt. No, I haven't. No. There's a, a, have you ever... There's a guy called Salad Fingers. Yeah, yeah, um, Salad Fingers. Okay. Those creepy animations. Well, the same guy who did that did some stuff for uh, BBC Three over here, which is like our national broadcaster. It's owned by the government, although it's separate. Um, and he, he did some stuff on that about uh, pop charts. It's on YouTube, this. So, you know, once this is over, everyone who's listening on YouTube, go and search it. Um uh, and he was going on about the charts, and yeah, the, it was about social life, and they had this one guy, and he goes, I am the average person, I work nine to five every day, and I like to go to work, at the, and at the weekends I like to party hard, I like to listen to anything that's got a good beat to it. Mm. But that's what I mean, it's just... It's, it's pretty it's, much it, that. No. But that's what I think, anyway. I think that... that I can damage to it, I think, right? I think that some people, it's just it just comes down to the fact that when there's some people, you know, who appreciate music as music and look for things that are, you know, look for musical qualities that are more than just, you know, whether it's popular or whether it's easy to listen to. And um, that's that's why I think. Mm. You know, and obviously, there's more people who appreciate the popularity of a song than there are the quality of a song. <laughs> and that's why we have the pop charts. That's yes. what I think. Anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think you're totally right. Mm. It's similar with movies in a way. You know, of the, course it the, is. It's like with any art, really, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's just, um, it's this, uh, this sold a lot. Let's throw more money at it. Yeah. Transformers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Oh dear. Oh Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Transformers is such a weird thing, and maybe it's just because I, you know, m- my circle of friends and stuff, but like. They're so popular, but it's hard to find anybody who actually thinks they're a good mo- they're good movies, you know. Hmm. But that's probably <laughs> just because that's who I talk to, you know. Well, I think you know, obviously, Transformers is like a cult thing, you know, the the original, you know, and everything, and, and people grew up with it, and then they've latched onto it and stuff like that. But I think I think Transformers movies have, have nothing to do with that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They are just literally action movies for the masses. Yeah. And um, they just appeal in every form, you know, for, for the people who like action movies, which is just um, sex, the the crazy amount of shit on the screen to make sure people Explosions. don't get bored. You know, and... Um, that's about it, that's yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, it... <laughs> It's a shame, really, because they are butchering things for people who are real fans of Transformers. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I never really grew up with Transformers, or I never really. I saw the movie when I, I was a kid. I, I, I know of them. I had, I had a few toys when I was a kid, but like, um, I watched the films and I just thought, what? 
what is this? What was happening? And then I've, <laughs> it just it just looks stupid. I'm sorry, it looks so stupid. I mean, like <laughs> you've got these these you know that that truck Optimus Prime, and then it like it transforms in inverted commas into Optimus Prime, and it's it just looks stupid. It doesn't look like it transforms. It just looks like a mess. It looks like someone's just exploded something, and then it's like. <laughs> And then it's it's Optimus Prime, and I, I don't know. I just think that's sad. Don't you? I think that's sad. Uh, Am I making sense? <laughs> no, yeah, it makes sense. You're making sense. Yeah, I, I think it's dumb. Uh, I do. I think it's dumb. I think, and I don't like people. Well, I do like people, but I don't like people who say, you know, oh, you know, you. You don't like this. It's fun. It's easy to watch, and it's like, yeah, fair this enough. This is Michael's American accent. But no, no, that's not, that's not American. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and it's like, you know, they, they, I, I always get this problem when I talk to people. They're always like, um, oh, you don't appreciate this movie, and it's like, well, no, and it's like, it's just a bit of fun, and I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I've seen films, you know, like, like Amelie and uh, you know, Django Unchained. There's a recent one that's just fucking amazing, and. You know, if if a filmmaker like Quentin Tarantino can captivate an audience like that with film, and then you compare it to a Michael Bay film called Transformers: The Dark Side of the Moon, which is just is it the dark ninety moon? minutes of chaos on the screen, then you know you, you, oh. you can't really compare them. You know what I mean? And it just it winds me up because once once you get into a film like Quentin Tarantino's and you experience the emotional connection and everything and all the great cinematography that is in there. You can't really appreciate Transformers. Well, yeah, like you can have just a bit of fun, but there's also like a difference between that and just lazy filmmaking and yeah, and exactly. bad taste. And like, I don't understand why things can't, why you can't have that. Why you can't have, you can't have fun and you can't have like a spectacle and not at the same time have quality. Like you can do that. It's just exactly. they exactly. they don't. It's, it's damn true. I mean, you can make a fun, light, um, you know, movie that isn't heavy. You don't have to require. There's no some sort of moral undertone. There's nothing, and it can still be amazing. Look at the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, this is so something we, we've we seen went to watch before, yeah. the Grand. I don't know if you've seen it, Randall, but the Grand Budapest Hotel. So where's Anderson? From? It was. It was amazing, and it was not. There was no real big thing about it. There's there was, quite a few people who don't like Wes Anderson as a director, and it's well, to do with his style, but. That's just his style of telling it, and it—I mean—it works for me, and it works for you, and it, in general, the consensus I've got from people's reviews of it is that it's amazing. It, it was is. amazing. It was light. It was funny. It was, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And but it was good at the same time. It was so good, and yeah, it was and on was par action. with anything else. You know, there was actual action in it as well, yeah, even though it had, it had everything else that normally makes it a film not have action. And you see, and that is an example of how you can have that. But then you get shit like, what, what did I see? Oh, you probably won't have this over there, Randall, but um, there's this thing, we saw it, called Mrs. Brown's Boys. Have you ever heard of that? No, I have not. No, you, you wouldn't. Um, it it this, doesn't translate well. No. But it, but the thing is, right, there's this, this, this um, film, there's this TV show, sorry, and it's called Mrs. Brown's Boys, and it's this. It's an Irish TV show, and um, there is an Irish man who dresses up as an old lady. The, the thing that I should say there, Irish comedy really gets made in Britain. Well, yeah, it, 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 even though it's Irish, it's like Father Ted. It's Channel Four making it. It's not the Irish making it. Well, yeah. it's Irish people working for a British company. But yeah. to be honest, I don't. Well, but you see, the thing is about this Mrs. Brown's Boys is that 
it was probably 90 minutes of um, the most boring, um, repulsive, racist uh, oh, shit that no. I've ever seen. It in... was not the most repulsive thing I've seen. Well, it was for me. It was, oh, God, I can't believe I sat through that movie. I wanted to walk out. Yeah. It was absolutely uh, dreadful. But anyway, um, they make shit like this and pump it to the masses. And it's just, it, it really gets to me because it's like, what a waste. What a waste of money. Oh, yeah. Waste of money, that is. It, it was expensive millions well. to make, yeah. and it's just... They do. They cost millions. They're millions to make. It even, it's terrible. The scenes in it, when you can tell they've closed the roads around... Uh, sorry, they've closed the roads around Dublin. I mean, I've been to Dublin, and I know where they were. And you can see in the background all, all these cars with police stood in front of them, like, <laughs> no, no, the, the road's closed while they film. It's not that difficult to edit that out or to film from a different angle. <laughs> and the thing is, in order to close the roads, they probably paid a good few thousand yeah. at the very least. And then on top of that, you've got catering and you think, for God's sake, just pay a tiny bit more attention to detail. They weren't going for that, though, were they? No. They were just going for, let's throw as many cheap gags and, and as much racist shit on the screen. You know, I'm okay with um, like poking fun at different cultures. You know, I mean, like I, I love it when people poke fun at the British culture. I think it's hilarious. But, but you know, when, when you've got a character called Mr. Wong, or Mr. Wang, whatever it fucking was, and um, it, he's got a bowl-cut hair, haircut, and he's like, hello, I am Mr. Wang. You know, it's like, fuck's sake. Really? It, it was really... Yeah, it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just... And it was wow. not even funny... There was it's, no it's not real, just that like, it's not funny. That it, had nothing to do with the TV show. It was, it was just <laughs> thrown in for the film. It was just no, there was no like funny like things about it. There was no, it was just like this is an impression of a Chinese person. Here you go, and it was like okay, it's cheap. It isn't the worst thing I've seen this year, and that's the Keith Lemon movie, oh. and that is on Netflix. I don't know if it's on American Netflix. Actually, it should no, be. it isn't. Is it not? Um, I had American Netflix, but it's reset back to the English one now. Mm. Um, but that, I mean, I couldn't watch that in more than 20 minute sittings. Every 20 minutes I had to walk away because it was just so vile. And I don't mean vile in a good way. I mean, it was like, there were bits in it, no, no, where it's like, you know, we could call it this invention, regain your fortune. And he goes, oh, amazing. Oh, and while we're at it, I can get my cock enlarged. And you go, oh my God, is this the level we're at? It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty repulsive stuff. Um, it's just the thing you see with British films that are coming out these days. They're all they all seem to be that kind of shock value humour. Yeah, it just isn't funny anymore. Yeah, so nobody's shocked. God damn, you know, oh, I mean, that's hard to be shocked these days. Really, I mean, you I mean, just no, nobody gives a shit. You know, I mean, yeah, well, exactly. You know, I mean, or Encyclopedia Dramatica. Yeah, but I mean, nobody, nobody gives a shit. I mean. Having said that, have you seen uh, Tommy Wiseau's The Room, Randall? No, I have heard of it, but I have not seen it. Oh, you need to watch that. Yes. <laughs> that, oh, you're in for a treat. Oh, God, that is so obtuse. I, I've <laughs> seen, I was recently watching something about, um, I don't know, some YouTube video about strange cult movies, and that was one that they were talking yes. about. And I've heard about it before, um, but they had some clips from it, and... Yeah. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Honestly, you, you, you should dedicate a couple of hours just to watch that because it is a life-changing experience. Oh, I... It is it is totally amazing. Um, 
I, I, the funniest thing about it is that um, the guy, Tommy Wiseau, um, afterwards, after the, um, you know, the abhorrent reviews that it got, um, he claimed it was a, a black comedy. And Just said, because you know, it didn't oh, work. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, oh, it was a dark comedy, and um, it's, it's complete well, rubbish. It's the same thing as like being when you fall over and somebody laughs, and you go, oh yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, exactly. It was not. It was not intentional whatsoever. It was just, oh, it's fucked up. Yeah, Yeah, that's... It's good, though. That falls in line with a conversation I've had a couple times recently about, um, like, bad movies... Excuse me. uh, Intentionally bad movies versus, like, movies that are just bad but are enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got stuff like that where, yeah, I've heard that since then he's been like, oh, no, it was... was, This was all intentional, but... uh, it wasn't. Yeah, oh, the no, consensus yeah. There's, a, is... there's a great interview with him and the, the other male lead. Um, I forget the guy's name, but in that, you're just watching. You can see the other guy's just nodding his head and looking at the camera dead on and just goes, no, no, <laughs> none of this is true. <laughs> um, have you ever seen Russian Terminator? No. No. Watch that. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Type in the Russian Terminator... Okay, it's nothing to do with a Terminator. Okay, it's about a Russian ninja, but for some reason the film is called Russian Terminator. And uh, yeah, that is a another amazingly bad movie that is hilarious to watch. I would I would totally recommend that. It's it's absolutely fantastic, especially with friends. Watch it with friends. It's amazing. You'll you'll just you'll. <laughs> Oh my god! And then there is uh, what else is there? Titanic two. Oh god, the asylum. <laughs> Titanic two is amazing. <laughs> the asylum. These are definitely on Netflix. Okay, you watch that. That's um, amazing. Titanic two is just astonishingly bad in every single respect. <laughs> the, the this these same guys, right? They've done several other films. One of them's called Snakes on a Train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another one is something like laser uh, sharks with lasers attacking. Yeah, Godzilla or something. I don't know, but just every single one of them I've seen, and I've only watched bits of the others. But Titanic two, we sat and yeah, watched we, that. Yeah, we watched that. It was uh, it was interesting. Oh my god, bloody hell! That was just astonishing. It, it, the best bit was there's one scene where it shows that like, oh god, we're about to hit an iceberg. We better hit the brakes, and they stop the ship within about a foot. Yeah, the <laughs> ship stops, stops dead in the water. <laughs> oh, it's so. And the funniest thing was the scene where they're running through like the tunnels and there's concrete. Yeah, concrete, concrete walls all <laughs> over the place. Concrete walls on the ship. And then there's um, <laughs> there's a nuclear submarine that's meant to be following it for some odd reason that I can't even remember why it makes oh, sense. It, it's but, just it's the funniest thing. I mean, but, but the controls in the nuclear submarine, it's literally just you know an ele- electrical distribution cupboard. It's that. It is just literally, this is the fuse box from the hotel we were staying in. And that's the controls <laughs> of nuclear submarine. It's, it's astonishing. It's amazing what they, what they recycle. There's their props. Least, it was fantastic. At least they're trying, yeah. I guess. It was just, it was so funny. It, and it's, it's, I like movies like that that are funny to watch because they're so bad. You know mm. I mean? <laughs> Titanic 2. My God. Now, would you say, okay, that kind of plays into, because we were ta- I was talking not long ago with people about, and I haven't seen them, but the Sharknado movies. Are you familiar I, with I those? I haven't seen those. No, no. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, they're, they're, they're like made for sci-fi channel 
movies. Okay. And they're just bad. It's Sharknado. It's a tornado with sharks in it or something. Oh, yeah. I've just found it. 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, What does it have? 82%. 82%? Are you serious? Wow. I am serious. Oh, my God. Okay, well, (laughs) we were discussing, like, you've got something like The Room, where it's so bad, it's good, but it's not intentionally bad. Like, somebody was trying... But then you've got, like, those Asylum movies and, well, maybe there's a, a, a slightly higher level of competency there. But, um, and then, like, Sharknado, where they know it's bad. They're in it, they, they're going into to it to make a bad movie. And I was, initially, I was kind of like, well, that, I, I, I don't know if I like that. That kind of, you know, takes some of the fun out of it. But yeah. then you've got stuff like the Troma movies, like the Toxic Avenger and stuff. Again, not heard of that. Hang on. Are you serious? No. Whoa. Yeah, the trauma movies. Those are like those are fun, but they're also intentionally bad. Like, there's no. I'm pretty sure. Like, they just went into it making a movie. I don't think there was like. uh, Yeah, I can see them here. It's like three stars on uh, IMDb, Um, which isn't amazing. (laughs) It's not. Bad, I guess, but maybe that's because they've realised that it's meant to be, you know, intentionally bad. I don't know. Well, while we're on about bad movies, Nick Cage. Um, uh, okay, talking. Yeah, this. I, I. Sorry, go ahead. Um, Vampire's Kiss. Uh huh. An astonishing film. How on earth? Did it, if, have you seen that? I haven't. No. I have. It's, yeah, there's the bit where he's going through the alphabet. Like, and then in the end, the woman just goes, oh, you know your alphabet. <laughs> Why is that in there? That, yeah, that movie's, that movie's weird, and it's like, it's one that embraces the weird Nick Cage, Nicolas Cage. Oh, it's like it was written for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of, like... I kind of, I kind of, can't stand him, but in certain roles, he just it works because I don't know. It's it's they'll put him in movies where it's not appropriate, but he's always Nicolas Cage. Like he's always weird. Oh yeah. Oh, he is Nicolas Cage in everything he's in. Yeah. Um, it's like the National Treasure. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That one's just. Oh God, I I actually really love those films just because, <laughs> just how crazy they are yeah I'm just all over I don't handle like I just don't handle Nicolas Cage in what could be a serious movie very well (laughs) you know Mm. what I mean um certain movies like Vampire's Kiss uh like suits him but god he's so he's so over the top yeah he is yeah he's over the top I don't know I mean his remake of The Wicker Man was something that I just... In that, I really couldn't deal with it. I think that's maybe more to do with the fact that I really like the original. Yeah, I have not watched the remake. I I don't know that I will. Have you, You've seen the original, though? Yeah, I have seen the original. Uh, it's it's one of my favourite films ever, that. It's just the darkness of the whole thing. It's, I still haven't seen it. 
you, you need to watch it. I'm I know gonna, I do. I need to watch it. If Michael is still sober after this, I'm going to force him to, to watch it. <laughs> yeah, watch that. And that movie's crazy in its own right. Like, there's the song, the bit with the song, um, where the guy's staying in the room and the lady's in the other, like, the adjoining room. Oh, um, Brett's... I forget her name now. Yeah, she she was in James Bond, um, Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, really? Yeah, she plays the... Um, there's a, one of the agents that's blonde, and he yeah. throws her into a cupboard at one point. Oh. Man with the which which Bond movie? Who was Bond in that one? Uh oh, it was creepy Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm not super familiar with his. There's one scene in it with, with this Brett uh, lady, and uh, he says he's trying to seduce her, and he says, uh, "There's really nothing else for us to do tonight, or is there?" It's so. Ooh, that really. <laughs> what a bizarre casting choice! Like, because Bond be like an underwear model or something. <laughs> oh no, that, no, that was George Lazenby. He was an Australian um, underwear model. Really? Yeah, the the one who was in the one where he gets married. I'm sorry, but the best Bond is Timothy Dalton. I I agree. Really? For me, anyway. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely better than Sean Connery. Be. That's going to go down really unpopular. He did two films. That's all he did. Two films, and he got it perfect. Mm. Living Daylights is probably the best Bond yes. film. There's, um, I, there, I, I, there's a several of those I should rewatch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what was the other one he was in? It's Living Daylights uh, and License to Kill. Yeah, Living yeah. Daylights is the best one. Definitely. Uh, those two. And uh, it's a mixed bag with them. I think at the moment it's losing its um, sort of story. If you go back to some of the earlier ones, particularly when they were still doing the Ian Fleming books, he was going through the same villains under different disguises, and now it's just every time, oh, look, some rich billionaire in Eastern Europe or North Korea or Cuba has suddenly got his hands on a huge weapon that's going to stop him. That's well, you see, what the thing is, with, with Daniel Craig, um, they did Casino Royale, and that was a really amazing film. It was so good. The climax of that film was mm. a poker game. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And then they did Quantum of Solace, which was just... Ugh. Well, Casino Royale was an Ian Fleming book. I know, I know. It was, it was amazing because it was the story of Bond before mm. before he got his heart broken, which I thought was just fantastic. And then um, Quantum of Solace was... Yeah. And then Skyfall, I've only seen it once. It was all right. I didn't mind Skyfall. It was okay. Considering everything. It was, it was all right, but it's just still, it's not, yeah. it's not the same. There's nothing like, The Living Daylights was just, oh, uh, it's one of my favourite films ever. It was just so good, so mm. perfect. It, it certainly set the tone well. I mean, I've been to some of the places where that was done, because right. um, I've been to Morocco yeah. and uh, Gibraltar. And it's, it's maybe because it's so recent, I don't know, but it seems to capture it so well. The actual ambience and everything. Did you, did you feel right when you watch it back, I think? Yeah. But it's just me. I don't know. No, I don't think um, it's Yeah, I mean, for me, that's why it's such a better film. Overall. Not sure. <laughs> I love where I think, this conversation's gone. <laughs> it's I know. so Let's unexpected. We've ended up talking about films and we're meant to be talking about music. Um. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Truth be told, like music, oftentimes we don't discuss music much on the podcast. No. Which is okay, I think. It's all right. 
Uh, Michael is disappearing for um, a cigarette. What appears to be a cigarette. So, sorry. Yeah. What, what can you this do? Is, I'll be back shortly. So this is the uh, problem with smoking during radio shows. You uh, end up <laughs> constantly leaving the room. Well, if it was the seventies, we wouldn't have a problem, would we? Well, no. <laughs> but it is. Okay. <laughs> I sleep in near to here, so I don't really want it to smell. Can I just go? I'm just right to us. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we could talk about um, I, uh, something I'm interested in, Randall. Is the I saw the label quite recently. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I've read bits and pieces, but obviously you don't hear it all in one go through that. Uh, um, I'm, it's kind of um. I mean, there's, it's kind of been coming together in bits and pieces. Um, Hmm. Like, I'm still getting it together, Hmm. like, the system and the whole thing, and trying to, like, gauge what exactly it'll be, what people will need for it to be, you know? But, yeah, so, it's an idea I've had for a long time, obviously, Uh, and... It came up on Twitter, and that kind of pushed me to, like, run forward with it because there was interest. But basically, I mean, the core electronic musicians group stuff will stay the same. We'll have, the you know, the group and the members and all that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we'll start releasing, I mean, with artists who are interested start releasing albums under the electronic musicians group, um, title as a label. And right now what I'm, 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 what I'm setting up with it is, um, the best slash cheapest way to distribute, you know, keep, keep costs down, but also like find distribution routes that are, um, I mean, useful, obviously gets the music to the places people might want it. Hmm. And then um, other kinds of services. Uh, people have been talking about. Um, some people would be interested in mixing and mastering services, and that's something we can definitely look into. Um, the <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the main thing that I think is troublesome initially um, would be promotion. I mean, we can do the usual yeah. type promotion like we like we normally would, um, but for bigger promotion, that's more expensive. Yeah. But yeah, basically, the idea is, um, I hate to say sign, but that's kind of how it is. Uh, mm. Artists that are interested, we would sign on to release albums under the, the record label of Electronic Musicians Group, and then um, that would take care of Distribution, um, ideally promotion, but like I said, that's that's an expensive part. And then I'm also looking at like physical um, distribution of like physical CDs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think that's the most important part of a label now is the actual physical aspect mm-hmm. more than anything. Well, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking about. I remember a band that we have over here called Enter Shikari. And um, there was a, a moment about oh, it's nearly 10 years ago now where we heard about them and it's like, well, what label? Uh, it wasn't a big thing, but it was. Uh, we've got a newspaper called Kerrang, sorry, magazine. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it said, like, these guys have set up their own label. Uh, I just remember 
at the time, everyone I was with was going, what? Like, how? How have they set up their own label? How is this possible? You know, how on earth have they managed all this? And of course, it was nothing majorly new, but in sort of my, at the time, local knowledge of music, you're thinking, well, why have they done it? And you read it, and the main reason why they did it was distribution. Mm -hmm. It was, they wanted to get their own stuff out there without having to go through somebody else. But I can see the advantage of a, a label for doing that. The Warp Records, for example, I'm very fond of. But it's because they seem to sign up people who are very similar. Yeah. It seems to be a good... It seems to be like a stamp that says, you know, this isn't going to be a certain thing or is going to be a certain thing, I guess. That's probably one advantage, really, of a label. You know what, what sort of stuff's going to be signed to it, unless you get Universal or... Sony BMG, where it's about a million bands signed up to it. Well, yeah, and that's that's the cool thing about a lot of smaller labels is you can like follow the label as as um, I mean it's a brand, but you can follow the label itself and know that you're going to get a certain quality or a certain style or genre of music, regardless who they who they have signed. Um, you kind of know mm. at least like what area, and if if you find a label that has like a bunch of artists that you really like, chances are, you know, it'd be worth checking out other artists that they carry. And that's definitely a cool thing with a, uh, with the, with the smaller labels that, that specialize in specific things like that. And, and yeah. e, like, I've thought about that with EMG and the group itself is interesting because like, if you listen hmm. to the compilation albums, like there's quite a variance in, in oh, styles. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've thought about how that works in terms of a label. Now, everybody who's in EMG isn't going to be interested in, in participating in the label, label aspect. And that's, and that's fine. Um, yeah. So I've been trying to figure out what it is that like ties most of us together mm. and nailing down, like how to define that. And because it's beyond just electronic music, because we've got some artists that, um, I mean, like, like Daniel Maldonado, I mean, he has, he has several projects and some of them you could define as electronic yeah. music. And then some of them are, are like black metal and where there's uh, very little obvious electronic, like typical electronic music influences, um, if somebody like that was interested, how would that fall into it? And I kind of like yeah. the idea of <clears throat> a certain level of quality, but also like um, the idea of a lot of us are very, you know, driven by just the desire and passion to make music. Um, we're not all looking to like make money or just put out yeah hip absolutely. music you know <laughs> yeah no I, I, I get what you're saying there yeah um, by the way Michael is back in the room there hello 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 <laughs> uh, we've been talking about the the label oh right cool yes um, um, but also like the the, the do it yourself uh, they, they call it bedroom musician type bedroom producer type thing, but, you know... I remember hearing that when Fatboy Slim came along, but that's what everyone used to say about him. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
it, I, I remember people who were older than me just being astonished. Like, he made it in his bedroom? What? How? Again, similar to what I was saying before about the, you know, that band that set up their own label. Like, how? It was just the main thing at the time. And it's interesting because both of those things, I think, and it comes down to the tools being available to do so, but both those things, I think, are way more common now. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Most of I the... Mean, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, uh, I've got Reaper, for example. I think that's about... It was like £10 or something. I can't even remember. Uh, that's like $15, I think. Um... But that, you know, you can get your hands on something like GarageBand pretty easy mm-hmm. and start making some sound. And you can do it with a keyboard, mm-hmm. like your keyboard on your computer. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you've got Windows, um, I don't know about Windows too much. <laughs> um, but I'm sure there's some alternatives that are out there. But oh, yeah, then again, Mac's becoming more common. So. There's all kinds of... Um... For Mac and Windows, there's all kinds of programs. I've I've searched out. There's like free, free DAWs you can find. Um, the quality of them might be questionable. It just depends. But I've always I've been interested in the idea of searching out all free software. Like I wouldn't mind doing this sometime. Searching out all free software. There's a couple free um, mixing programs that look interesting. Um, using free. Uh, synth VSTs because there's a ton of those. Yeah. And then if there's any samples or anything, you know, free samples and just to put together an EP or something and be like, you can do it without any money. Like Mm. you just need a computer or something. And like, just, just the, not just the practice, just like do it. You don't need, it doesn't cost anything to make this happen. You know? Yeah. I love that idea. I've always liked, I've always liked the idea and it's a combination of like not having the money to throw around and also the like we were talking about pop music kind of like the anti-pop mentality of like you don't need all that in order to do it. You can just do it. Um, you can work as cheap and ghetto as you need um, so long as you like if you have the know-how you can make it work and it can sound good. And I've always liked that concept. Mm. Mm. I mean it's... It's something that's been going for a while now, that kind of ethos behind music. There's, um, from like about the 60s and the 70s, you've got people like the Portsmouth Symphonietta. And um, their whole idea was, it was with classical music. But what they did was they got people to come in who either didn't know what the, the instruments were or couldn't sight read or anything like that. Yeah. And they got them to play. And they're still able to produce something. Okay, it sounded, everybody burst out laughing at it. But they're able to just go with it without any real formal training. And that's, I think that's really what music should be about. It should be open to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, just to try and it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be a barrier. Like, Oh, you have to have this much money to take part. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's something that's like naturally built into everybody, but I think potentially anybody, if they had the interest can make music and they can, you know, potentially make decent music too. Um, mm. Like you, if you've got a DAW and you figure out how, like working with MIDI and plugins is pretty easy. I think at first it might seem um, yeah. intimidating <laughs> to new people. 
it's pretty easy and you can write as complex stuff as you know i mean you could just sound sound it out with your ear listen to like what notes sound good and you don't even know how to you don't even have to know how to play an instrument to write some pretty fantastic stuff mm, definitely. i agree yeah Absolutely. i mean having that training helps but i think even if you don't have that with practice just like well, that doesn't sound good. This sounds good. You figure out what sounds yeah. good and what doesn't. Like, you could just, you, you know, anybody can do well, it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, with most of my music that I that I do, I mean, it's um, obviously I'm, I'm good at piano, but really that doesn't come into it that much. I mean, it's more, it is more just, um, you know, thinking, oh, that sounds really good together. Yeah. You know, Definitely. when I'm putting things together, like, especially with, like, drums anyway, or cushion you know and it's it's never really about you know my knowledge in music theory or anything like that no, it's just no. literally this sounds good um okay let's do it like that you know it's, it's never really when it comes in and i think that's what's the fantastic thing about music software and you know DAWs is that is that it's just it allows people with without that background to kind of just create yeah and, uh, i mean for me there's the biggest thing about being able to create music electronically and using uh, DAWs is the fact you can start using just about anything mm. for music. Yeah. Um, I'm quite a big fan of Matthew Herbert, who um, he's done quite a lot of stuff actually. He, he remixed Bjork quite recently. Oh, right. um, but he he created an entire album out of the sounds of a pig, and I mean, besides the fact that it was completely gruesome because it included the sounds of it blood in an mm. organ and weird things but it's the fact that now anything can become part of sound I quite like removing as much of the historical sort of instruments from my music mm. might throw, throw in some when I think they're appropriate but that's the thing you you now have a wider palette you can look at just about anything mm-hmm. and you, like we're saying you don't need as much training and it makes things more it gives a bigger variety, I think. I when I before I like before I figured out how plugins worked and like exactly what the relation to, to MIDI was, um, I still I was mixing with um, various versions of Acid Music and Acid Pro for years and years, and the really nice thing with Acid was the ability to, I mean. Just about every DAW does it now, but Acid was one of the earlier ones that started where you could pitch samples around easily and keep tempo and stuff like that. Um, mm. A lot of times, like, a lot of DAWs off, um, offer you, like, when you export a, a sound file, you can export it acidized, and that just kind of saves some of the, like, tempo and pitch information, and that comes from um, the system that Acid used for pitching samples around. Um even though the program itself is kind of dead at this point, uh, that initial like pitching system is kind of, is still implemented in various forms. Anyway, um, that was the thing. Like you could take any sound and I'd load up whatever sound, you know, maybe it was, I'd hit a single, a single note on my guitar or you could, excuse, excuse me. (laughs) That was a bad one. That was a lot louder than I expected. Um, or, a sound recording and you can pitch it around and there you have a virtual instrument based on any, any sound you fed into it. Um, yeah. and you can pitch that around to different notes 
that's just that's I like that idea and it reminds me of like you're talking about with 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 that um the album with the pig sounds like you could take just kind of abstract noises and re- and yeah. sound recordings and you can manipulate them in any way um but I love the idea of pitching them around and essentially taking you could take uh this strange field recording and turn it into an instrument of sorts and and hit different notes with it no idea how that's done. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I like acid. It's really simple. You highlight mm. it and then you hit plus or minus, and it just goes up one note at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've covered about an hour now. Um, unfortunately, we are actually going to have to either move or wrap up. Um, but we'll probably be about ten, fifteen minutes till we're set up again. If we do that. I think it would probably be all right to wrap up. I think it's just going to be us for this episode. It's just been us, you know. I don't know that we're going to get anybody else in, so I think it'd probably be all right to wrap up. We covered a lot of interesting and and unexpected subjects. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do another one at some point when uh, Mm. we've got more time. It's difficult with the time zones, isn't it? Yeah. We we were discussing this the other day on the uh, EMG group. We were going on about how... In my head, I'm going, well, it's summertime here, then convert it back to GMT, and then, because we rarely ever, ever come across time zones. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard for me to keep it straight in my head. I need to, like, I think eventually I'll, like, just put out a chart and be like, here's, okay, these people are in this time zone, you know, and I'll just, like, list a chart for my own reference, but, and then, and then also, like, often on on my end when I do these shows um, it'll be afternoon or evening but you guys are so far are so, you guys are something like six hours later than than I am so that well, puts it's it, quarter to midnight <laughs> oh yeah it's 544 right here um, ah. so yeah that puts you guys so much uh, later I can tell you how it's gonna go it's gonna get darker Um, yeah, <laughs> that didn't work. But yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we kind of need to look at trying to arrange one. I mean, there's one. Is it Risto? I can never know how to pronounce it. Yeah, there's, I, I, I think mean, it's Risto. I think that's how it's pronounced. I think it's in Estonia. Yeah, and that's even further ahead. Of, I think that's about two hours ahead of us. It'd be nice to get him on one show. Yeah, he's trying to arrange something. I'll have to, well, I think what it'll, I'll have to do it earlier. Like today was a day off, so it wouldn't have been bad, but I, I stayed up late mm. last night, so I didn't get up till like noon today. Uh. Um, what I need to do is, is start earlier and we can do an early show my time so we can actually hit you guys in the afternoon or evening. Uh, so yeah. it's not like midnight when you were, when we're wrapping up. Um, that wouldn't be a problem. And I've been busy lately and we, I think with the label stuff, I'm going to get busier. Um, so of all my projects, the EMG radios are the one, that's the one that kind of gets the ax. Yeah. And I feel bad for that. I feel bad for going a month, weeks to a month without an episode, but I like these live episodes. So I'm going to try to do more of these because this is just much less of a time constraint for me. Mm. No, it's a sit down and get it done in one go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. That's always the best way of getting these things done, yeah. I think. Definitely. 
So right, we'll, on that note. Yeah, no, oh, I was just going to no, that's fine. I was just going to say yeah, I'll, we'll try to do more of these. Definitely. Definitely. Mhm. All right then. Well, so, on that note, we'll uh, wrap up everything. All right. Thanks guys. It's awesome having you guys on here. Uh, All righty. This is kind you. of a unofficial uh, EMG Radio UK uh sequel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we are planning to get round to that at some point. We've, yeah, we have discussed it. It's just a case of our work, and I mean, oh, yeah. you're working. Yeah. Michael works weeks, I work weekends, and part of the week. So it's like our free time it's never really overlaps, over. really. Yeah. No, yeah, I know how I know how it goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but all right, yeah, no, we'll talk about that more online sometime. But Definitely. Thanks, guys. You guys take it easy. Have a good night. Enjoy the rest of your wine. We'll be shall. And go watch. What were you gonna go watch? Oh, what were you gonna make him watch? Uh, the Wicker Man. Yeah, go watch the Wicker Man. We will. Yes. All, All right. right, Randall. All right. Take care. See you, Randall. Yep. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to EMG Radio. EMG Radio is an electronic media collective production for the Electronic Musicians Group. It is a license under Creative Commons Attribution, not commercial, no derivatives. Since all music contained within the EMG Radio podcast is property of the respective owner, subject to the respective copyright and the licensing and used here with permission. For more EMG Radio, visit EMGRadio.com and check out more electronic musicians groups. Go to Facebook.com slash electronic musicians group or hit us up on Twitter at Twitter.com slash EMG artists. I might call him. I'll call him. Okay. He'll lift two doors off. Yeah, I'm not going outside. <laughs> Screw that. He only lives like two doors down. Yeah, we all live like really close together. It's that's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, just down the road from each other, really. Um, well, the thing is, I've been at uni, so I've been about sixty miles away. So oh. it's a bit different for me. Let's see if he answers. He probably won't answer. Right, cool. I'm gonna get a text before we have to turn off. Move. Hello, you all right? Yeah. How are you doing? Um, this is no chance you can come on this EMG radio thing. Uh, not at the moment, no. No? Oh, okay. Uh, it's just we're running oh. short on people, that's all, and we'd, you know, we'd, yeah. uh, we'd have... Okay. Okay, no problem then. Um, you, having, you having a good night anyway? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just that kind of like the fact that we keep another one like lyrics that you'll be doing Yeah, that makes sense. Fair enough, then, man. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah. Speak to you soon. Bye. No, he's not coming. <laughs> yeah, I heard much of that. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, but no. Okay. <laughs>